go, Jack. Okay, everybody, thanks for joining us for episode. Uh, anyways okay thanks everybody for joining us for episode 17 of idiot sport report joined today by bevan who just walked away and his bum is ugly joined by riggs what up hey riggs and magic mike what's up guest for tonight i don't know if that's still i don't know if that's still cool to do that but uh that's what i didn't think it's always cool it's always cool (laughs) I've never been an authority on cool, so I don't know. That we know. Yeah. Can confirm. <laughs> Inform. Anyways. Okay. Bevan, take us into the AFC. Yeah, so. UFC fight night. Uh, UFC is pretty good. Uh, good fights on the card. I didn't watch all of them. Um, I don't have time. But uh, the main, the headlining fight was probably... One of the best MMA fights I've seen. Um, reason for saying that it's not one, it, it, it was a very exciting fight, but there have been more exciting fights. Again, you wanted a John Jacek versus Zhuili Chang, or I, I never know how to pronounce her name. But um, yeah, that's one of, the, one of the more interesting fights that I've ever seen. But this one as an MMA fight was incredible because the way that Max was taking him down, the boxing, the kicking, the striking, even Yaya Rodri- Rodriguez, the way he was stuffing the takedowns, uh, not stuffing the takedowns, but the way he was getting out of, um, uh, uh, getting up off the ground, getting out of um, uh, uh, different uh, submission attempts was fucking incredible. And the, what, the one thing I want to say about this fight is fighting Max Holloway and doing well against Max Holloway literally makes you a title contender because Max is going to fight... Um, uh, 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 Volkanovski next. Whoever wins that fight, Yaya Rodriguez needs to fight um, that other guy. I forgot his name now, but he needs to fight that other guy that's also in title contention. We we spoke about him the other day. And then that person's going for the title, dude. That's literally how well Max Holloway is fighting at the moment, that the guy that he beats is still in the title picture, even though he loses yeah. to Max Holloway. I mean, this guy yeah. is incredible. And, and, not to take away from Yaya Rodriguez. I mean, that guy, if it wasn't Max, he could, there's nobody that could have beaten him other than Max and Volkanovski. I don't think so. I mean, Brian Ortega, maybe, but this guy's strike is on, on another level. It's just he came up against Max Holloway, who I know Max Holloway has said it, but one of the best strikers, and if not at the moment, the best striking uh, UFC fighter at the moment, I think. Yep. Anybody else? Yeah, look, I think you got it spot on. It was a brilliant fight. And like you say, the mixed martial arts came into play. And this was, I've said before, I don't like the grappling. But this was one of the fights where I enjoyed it because it was jam-packed. It wasn't just holding there and waiting. Yes, I mean, they were slipping out of it the whole time. It was a constant battle. And it was like, fuck, every single round it was like, when are these Oaks going to give up? And they never did. But did you check the spirit between uh, the fourth round and the fifth round? Uh, yeah. when they like hugged each other at the start of the yeah. fight. I mean, that's great spirit between the fighters. I, I really enjoyed seeing that myself. But Max has also got a face on him. That can take punches in his head repeatedly and still... I was actually like looking at him and at one stage I was more worried about him. I was like, yeah. fuck, dude, your head's like taking a beating. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. I mean, yeah, it, it just goes, oh, eh? 
he was fighting the probably the best fight, but that other guy was throwing fucking heat, dude. And and he yeah. like the the elbows he was doing like a lot of the time in the clinch as he comes out the clinch he throws that elbow, and that thing was yeah. working, dude. And against a normal fighter or even somebody that's you know like let's say a Michael Chandler and and no disrespect to Michael Chandler, but one of those guys like a high level guy that could have worked, but fuck me, dude. Both of these guys deserve respect. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's one of those battles where you enjoyed the fight and you actually, you didn't need to have a winner, I would say. I didn't need to hear who won. It was just a, a yeah. fucking, a, a good solid brawl. It was a brawl. Yeah, yeah. That year, Mark, Yair what do you think? Rodriguez, he's technically ranked number four. So he, he is up there. I think it's just we don't get to hear all these names because there's so many fighters. That, no, he's number you know, three. The main, well, he's Volkanovski is a champion. Then it's Max Holloway. Then Brian oh, Ortega. Okay. Then Rodriguez. So oh, okay. he's number okay. three container, but he's technically I mean ranked number four. But anyways, oh, okay. oh, right. dude, fight was good. Guy was very comfortable. You can see he would go down on his back, like wait for. I come closer to your mic. Excuse the pun. I'm I'm right in it. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, that's but yeah, get in there, son. <laughs> No, it was a good fight, dude. I mean, guys were guys were going at it, throwing odd. Rodriguez, I mean, he made him. He's that's how you make a name for yourself, dude, against someone like Max Holloway. Yeah. Well, look, they weren't only going through it. Like Apollo Acosta against Marvin Vittori was throwing an un, uneducated hard shot. These guys yeah. were throwing educated, clinical, and they were hitting the mark every time. And it that's was what bang made on the money. Better. I mean, yeah. there was something crazy like, fuck, I must just check. I mean, the yeah, total it's over strikes. 200. Yeah, 251 for Max, 186 yeah. for, um, for uh, uh, um, Yaya Rodriguez. I mean, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> that is like yeah. the last one, Max did 750, but he was literally fighting a plank, you know, like a fucking, yeah. uh, that other guy. You know, that guy didn't throw nothing. He wasn't defending. He, did, he just walked straight into every punch. So, yes, okay, props to that. But he was fighting somebody almost as good as him, and they were still throwing that many strikes. I mean, and and the amount that they landed is also. I mean, it's fifty-seven percent for um for Max and forty-eight for Yair Rodriguez. I mean, he lost the fight on a forty-eight percent strike rate. That's fucking insane, dude. That's how amazing these two guys are. And Volkanovski, like I said against Brian Ortega, is also he's even one of the best champs at the moment. That's why this is becoming, I know 155, everybody was talking about 155, but they've kind of let us down because they've got all the big stars in that weight class. These guys don't have big stars, but they're fucking going for it. And they're going out of their way to have big fights. The last two fights that yeah. we had at um, uh, at featherweight were tremendous. It was the Volkanovski, Brian Ortega, and then this fight. And there was one before that where, uh, fuck, I can't remember the Oak's name, but that guy was just as fucking good. It was he fought uh, Edson Barboza, um, and he outstruck and out kickboxed fucking Edson Barboza. So, yes, dude, this is the is next. The, the next big one. Is it Cal- no? It's not the... Qatar. Qatar is the one that fought Max Holloway and was walked around like a like he was posing for flipping, uh, yeah. you know, like a, a a dummy. Yes, he's just getting knocked. And and again, all props to him. He can take a punch like a machine. I mean, that wasn't a – that's a one-way fight. Dude, Max Holloway, I mean, he's got to be pretty confident, dude. He brings his kid to the <laughs> to the ringside. And, I mean, yeah. guys are, like, 
I mean, that's... Hey, man, you got to have confidence to know that your kid's not going to see you get your ass whipped. But, uh... Oh, it speaks... How old was his kid? Dude, he's about like, 10 or something. I think younger than that, dude. Shit. But anyways, UFC is for everyone but, these days, I guess. That's true. But the thing is, dude, like, he didn't have to take this fight. He would have... If he just sat out, uh, he would have got the fight with, um... Uh, um uh, with Balkanovsky, it's not like he needed to fight to get the title shot. He he had the, he has the title shot. He could have lost it in this fight by fighting this guy, and he went out and fought. And again, that just shows you all these guys are talking about money, 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 but they don't bring anything to the table. Like even John Jones, John Jones wants fucking uh, uh, Wilder money, and then he doesn't fight. And he's like, "Yeah, oh, no, but I'm trying to get to two seventy, whatever, whatever, whatever." Dude, you at two sixty five? Just fucking fight at heavyweight. Go and fight somebody yeah. like a Derek Lewis or something that you know you can beat. Because I mean, John Jones will beat Derek Lewis. No, no offense to Derek. John Jones, greatest of all time. But go and fight him. Get your name out there again, and then fucking ask for yeah. wilder money. Because yeah. at this stage, no, no, the no. only person in the UFC that deserves, and he won't get it. That's fine. But he deserves. Max Holloway deserves this money because Max Holloway yeah. threw the most strikes in a fight, the fight before this, and he did put on one of the best, if not the best, fight this year. Um, and he didn't have to fucking fight this fight. That's the biggest thing. He has a title shot waiting. Then he goes and fights some guy that's ranked below him. Why would you do that? Because he's a fucking fighter and he deserves to be paid a shitload of money. Maybe not wilder yeah. money. I mean, that's that's crazy. But he deserves it. He deserves that kind of money. Maybe he's not. He's probably not going to get it, but he deserves that that level of money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's just a good old fashioned brawler. And you know, and the nice thing about is he, he can take these strikes because he's got the classic uh, uh, old man face, if you know what I mean. He's 29 <laughs> and he looks like he's 104. So he, he can looks take about the punches. He's not going to get uglier. Yeah, no, look, that, I, I think it, his face looks like that because it's taken a lot of beatings. I, I think that uh, <laughs> he, he's seen a few concrete pavings in his lifetime for sure. Bite <laughs> the curve. Yeah, that, exactly. um, but what Bevan was saying, like the guys who are losing fights and they're trying to take big fights. Remember, dude, you're a fighter in the, the UFC. Dude, you think you can beat everyone. If you don't have mm. that mentality, you're not going to get anywhere. So if you're 20th, you want to rank, you think you can win the top guy. Otherwise, I mean, you shouldn't really what be there. If you... Yeah, exactly. You need to work but, it. Uh, and, and with the UFC, it's about marketing, eh? So. But then again, if you're like a cowboy, you're, you're not going to get there. But I mean, you can make as much money as you possibly can. That's fine, but Cow Cowboy's also proven himself, and he's been there for a long time, and he's been a journeyman, and he's been a gatekeeper, and he's done all that kind of stuff. That's a different role. But these guys that want to fucking ask for money and don't have like a lot of the guys talk about like uh, fuck I can't remember I think it's um old blonde dickhead that fought Ty that lost against Tyron Woodley a while ago. He's talking about fighters play. Dude, you're the biggest dude. dickhead in the UFC. You're an yeah. asshole, and people still don't watch you. You don't need that fucking money, dude. Even Colby Covington, dude, like, he goes out there and, yeah, okay, he's putting on an act. And on, but he's just doing something. And then when he gets in the ring, guess what he does? He fucking fights his heart out. Mm -hmm. And I know you get injured and there's uh, CTE and that kind of stuff. But you chose this sport knowing that, so go out and do it at the, as best you can. And, I mean, the heavyweights are really not bringing fucking money to the table. And they're getting paid the most. It's crazy. But they... Listen, they uh, and the, they made that decision to come in like when it was less uh, or when it was more dangerous than it is now and there was less care provided then yeah. when they made the decision. So, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, uh, MMA and even boxing, 
at the lower levels of professionalism, it's like it's like the most dangerous job or one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. I mean, there's no fucking care. There's nothing to there's no there's maybe a doctor or a cut man or something like that, but not really. I mean, a lot of guys yeah. get in trouble there. So yeah, granted, I'm I'm very happy that these guys do it, but and I'm not disrespecting the guys that don't go out there and give it their all, like a Tiago Santos that fucks around for 30, for 25 minutes. Uh, um, I'm not trying to disrespect those guys. I just think that the Max Holloway. Sounds like you're is trying to the, disrespect them, Bevan. Sounds like you're trying you. to disrespect them. Did I disrespect you, bro? Listen, but <laughs> maybe we should uh, step into the ring, Bevan. Let's put your money where your mouth is. Then. Mike, oh, you correction, step octagon. Into step into the octagon. Let's step into the <laughs> octagon, dude. dude. We can step in anywhere you like, bro. How, how about we, we create crazy, this? Pal. I think the listeners would like to to watch this fight. <laughs> no, 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 Riggs. No, let's get my, 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 like, my leg Mike's sweep is, four, is very I'm good. Six foot. Let's just relax here, please. Mike's got a fucking reach. <laughs> I've seen Mike put people through windows. I, I don't want to. I don't want that heat, dude. I just want to talk shit from afar. <laughs> Yeah, you Listen, just want to uh, hype it up, but you what don't do want you guys, to be in there. <laughs> what do you guys think of old Drickus Duplessis uh, out for the Poirier um, Oliveira card? He's off the. He went. F- oh, he fuck, did. Man, he did a shoulder. Shit. Ah, oh, that sucks. Who was he going to fight? What a pity. Oh, he was in the prelims, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm very excited. Yeah. I mean, this guy. Look, he's not as well rounded as as some of the other guys, but. His first fight compared to his second fight, he made a huge jump in um, in uh, in his uh, in his in the level of fighting, how well he did, and how good he is at fighting. So I think he's got a lot of room to improve, but I think he's definitely making strides to get there. And I think uh, I'm actually quite excited. He's very to see jittery. Him. He's very like anxious in the ring, almost. The guy, I like to see fighters that have strong legs, like you know what I'm saying, that can like have a strong base. Drickus Duplessis, he's like a big, he's, he's a bit top heavy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously he's a very good fighter, but a lot of the yeah. good fighters they got like very good base, stable base. You know, swing like from the hips. And but uh, he's also very young, dude, and very new. Yeah, I mean, true, imagine yeah. you went into the UFC, dude. Imagine you had to fight me out. You'd be shaking, dude. Just think about it. Listen, <laughs> I, I don't have what it yeah, takes to get to the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Ridgeback's fight blood only, dude. I've got Ridgeback's fight night. <laughs> I've got Bosfelder. I'm a Bosfelder champ, dude. Parking lot. I'm, I'm, I'm the number one ranked Bosfelder parking lot contender. <laughs> <laughs> In the light heavyweight uh, division. Uh, <laughs> at Bosfeld, it started light heavyweight because nobody's lighter than that. <laughs> dude, everyone's super heavyweight there, dude. <laughs> That's why they go there. They're like, first we eat the steak special, then we <laughs> have brandy. And it's Murmukar. Yeah. <laughs> also, Bosfeld, not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, please. But look, not yet. Like what I'm trying to say is I don't want to disrespect the guys. And I look like, I well, I don't want to disrespect the guys. But what you do need to do and what we do need to do as supporters is is put respect on these guys' names. The guys that go out there and give it their all, let's put respect on their name. You know what I mean? These guys deserve that. Even Yaya Rodriguez, or if I'm pronouncing it wrong, Yaya Rodriguez. It doesn't yeah. matter that he lost. He deserves fucking respect. Same as Michael that Chandler. That shows respect. Yeah. Same as Michael Chandler, dude. Michael Chandler went out there. He didn't... You could see he didn't care about winning the fight. He never spoke about winning the fight. All he wanted to do was go fight fucking Justin Gaethje. He went out. He yeah. fucking entertained us. Because at the end of the day, you're in a, 
in an, uh, a sport called sports entertainment. And that's about yeah. it. That's all for me. I mean, that's why there's dunks in basketball. There's not only layouts. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'm more of an indoor yeah. netball guy myself, but... Uh... Yeah, but that's because you're a pervert. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bev. Uh, what, can I ask then, what did you think of the Ben Rothwell and, and Mark Ross uh, fight? I didn't did you feel the stoppage? Ah, didn't you? Okay. I feel I the stoppage came in. That's not how you do a podcast, Bevan. <laughs> the stoppage Jake, came in a bit too soon, eh? <laughs> that, uh, everyone's giving Herb Dean a bit of an appeal for like, the yeah, stoppage. I think, that, I think it was stopped remember, too Remember, when you're that big, when you're that big, one one hard punch, you can have brain yeah. damage. Like, or you're ah, for sure, you for, for sure. But he was, was still, still, never been... he was still gripping. There's never been brain damage. Like, I know you can have it on one hard punch and, and, and an unlucky day, but the heavyweight boxing and the heavyweight UFC is actually the safest uh, uh, event. There's nobody that's died in, in the in the heavyweight. Because they stopped those it. Kinds of things in recent time. Huh? Some guy died in bare knuckle boxing. I don't know if you saw that about two months ago. Yeah, okay, but that's different. Yeah. That a, yeah. That's, that's but, not um, No, that's fucking say, good sport, that. Those guys are sponsored by boxing. No way. Yeah, <laughs> Rex <laughs> different gearbox. Was that? That's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, dude. Remember, like a heavy punch. Maybe you don't get brain damage, but you can be out. Then you can't fight for the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, remember, um, what's that? Sage, um, the guy who looked like a movie star. Sage Pastel. Guy. Payroll. Hey, Jack, it's but, not uh, for me the one. You shut the fuck up. The guy got his face, face broken and his jaw broken <laughs> and then uh, couldn't fight. Oh, no, he's still fighting, man. Uh, yeah, Sage Northcutt. Sage Northcutt. No, he's yeah. still fighting. Yeah. He's just fighting at Bellator. Yeah, but, but he almost died. Like that, yeah, okay, that's true. Face, but again, I mean, he, jo- he joined the sport. Yeah, but dude, I don't think this guy... Some people are made for it, some people aren't. This guy's got talent, but he's just not a hard guy. Softy, dude. Bevan likes him like hard, me. dude. Bevan likes him really hard in there. <laughs> when he works. Yeah. This we know. Dude, he likes watching hard like men go soft, at it man? for five rounds. <laughs> or three. Oh, <laughs> All right, uh, what's next? Oh, Riggs, okay. you said something about somebody. Oh, just before we carry on, did you see that video of Conor McGregor walk, watching Max Holloway fight and then walking that, up and down, puffing his chest out? I think yeah, he's got and then he deleted it. Like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. But he deleted it afterwards. He realized that it was fucking cringy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Look, you look like I two think dogs he, standing he, at a fence, one circling. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Mm-hmm. He, he dug into the proper 12 uh, batch there at home, and then I think he, he got a bit excited. Look, th- and let's Gregor be dead like honest. Crystal we've we, we've all done similar things to this. We just haven't recorded it and put it online. No, exactly. You cannot tell me. Fuck. It, I, okay, well, then I'm just as crazy as that nut job. It's just you, Riggs. <laughs> I do, I do similar things. I mean, when, especially like if you're watching rugby or something like that and it gets heated, 
I get up and I'm ready, man. I'll fucking, I've got the one too. I bring in Mary Kate and Ashley, and I'm fucking ready to brawl. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I can't be the only one, and Connor has proved it. Maybe it's just a, a millionaire mindset. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a millionaire mindset. mindset. I've got the mindset, just not the money. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, what do you say? No, I was saying that uh, Conor McGregor often, dude. I think it's crystal meth. You know, I don't know. It's he's it's he's act, acts the way someone on crystal meth acts. Dude. Even when he's he breaks his leg, he's like, oh, crystal fine. meth. He doesn't smoke crystal meth. He smokes yeah. almond meth. Dude, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Oh fuck! No, look, look, the guy is crazy, and yeah, he deleted it rightfully. So after, I think after he watched the playback, <laughs> but yeah, I, I get like I say, I get heated like that. But other than that, the fight weekend, yeah, I didn't watch uh, too many. I watched then the, that Felicia and Lee Letson. I watched that fight, and, and that mm. stoppage when that came in, yeah, look. I don't even think Felicia was like even hitting straight. She was hitting like with the top of her wrist. So I don't know if there yeah. was an injury there or what that we're going to see. She wasn't hitting with the fist. She was hitting like with the top of her wrist. Uh, and and uh, yeah, look, got the win, but uh, it was just a bit a bit weird to see, yeah, see the 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 manner in which she was uh taking out those those last few strikes. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Well, she dispatched Sorry, Sorry, Jack. Jack? Didn't hear you. Sorry. Didn't hear you. It's, it's, it's gone. It's not even worth it anymore. <laughs> it's not worth it anymore. Jack, what did I say? Shut yeah. up. Or the F1 Ma- starts. <laughs> don't, don't get too cocky. Yeah, young man. Jack's like, it's not even worth it anymore. Much like every everything he says in this podcast. Too <laughs> <laughs> dead. Damn. Where's Mike gone? Are you still there? Damn. I'm still here, dude. I'm still here. I'm just enjoying the roast of uh, Jack <laughs> Peters. Peter. Welcome to the potty. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, Jackie I was just, legs. Yeah. I was reminded how much Formula One fans are brainwashed, dude, by thinking that that sports is actually enjoyable. Thank you, thank you, Mike. Hey, hey, um, hey! They, 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 there's two on this podcast. It's two versus two. It's like watching the side. It's like watching controlled cars or skeletrics. I just don't get yeah. it. No, not at all. No. And the thing is, and it's not even that. There's not even a competition to it. There's nothing. I mean, Riggs. The Riggs is funnest part, and the thing he talks about the most about Formula One is Kimi not getting his drink. That's about it. <laughs> Look, that, I will say that I can, <laughs> I can understand you guys feeling that way. I mean, like when you're operating with limited capacity, some things are beyond you. <laughs> so I understand. I'm not mad. I get it. Listen, I'm Ooh, glad you guys enjoy it. It makes me happy that you guys are happy. But <laughs> I still, I don't understand it. It's, it's like everyone who watched a Netflix special and then there were Formula One pros. And uh, correct. Correct. Doesn't resonate. Yeah, yeah. Be a smart guy, Mike. Yes. Keep living your li- uh, keep living your you truth. Know, it's not for everyone. <laughs> it's not for everyone. <laughs> it's for the select few, the elite. 
It's right, the most so intriguing <laughs> racing competition. <laughs> it's windy at the top, you know? <laughs> Lonely. The top of the third pile. <laughs> no. Oh, fuck. Top of the fucking entertainment wall. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> fights to watch. Uh, whoa. Yeah, so fights fight fight week. Um, uh, next week, I don't know. Oh, I haven't actually looked at the the roster. But before well, we, we move into next fighting. week, uh, sorry, Riggs. No, I was just going to say before we move into next week, let's look uh, a bit further into the future. And I don't know if you saw Gilbert Burns has been uh, started his discussions with what's it, Chemayev. Yeah, so those discussions uh, have started. I think that's going to be something fruitful if uh, if they put pen to paper. Do you think that? Do you think that's a, a step up from Chemayev? What Chemayev has been fighting lately? I think so. I think so for sure. I'm actually the more I think about that, I think that I don't think Chemayev has the because the thing is, if if Chemayev tries something funny or tries to knock him out in the first couple of minutes and that doesn't work, what's he got? And and not he's to say fine. that he doesn't have anything. No, it's yeah. not to say that, but we haven't seen what he's got. So that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest. Uh, Thing to look out for, but dude, just the shit yeah. that he did with that um, that other guy when he picked him, him up and took him to day and all. him, dude. Like, I don't think. <laughs> look, I mean, uh, Gilbert Burns. Are good. If he can beat Gilbert Burns, he's got a good chance against Kamara Usman because if he can take down Gilbert Burns, he can take down Usman. Gilbert yeah. Burns just as good on the floor as, as Usman is. <laughs> yeah, so let's yeah, see look, what happens. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Listen, his fight was impressive. That was impressive. That. Uh takedown and that i mean entertaining at least i think that's what the ufc is looking for most of these is yeah entertainment yeah look and, hey, and the other thing is gilbert burns is 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 actually he was a lightweight and uh, chamayev is actually a middleweight so but again gilbert burns a big lightweight pretty big welterweight but never a middleweight i don't know it's it, there's a lot of variables it's a it's actually I'm not a fan of Gilbert Burns, and I'm not a huge fan of Chemayev. I like what he's done; he's very entertaining, but I'm, I don't really, you know, he's got to prove more to me before I start talking about him as an elite. I think if he fought Masvidal, he'd beat the living fuck out of Masvidal because Masvidal's a one-trick pony. But Gilbert Burns, yeah. on the other hand, what Chemayev is going to try, what Chemayev tries to do to people, I don't think he can do that to Gilbert Burns. I don't think Gilbert Burns has a whole. I don't. Gilbert Burns is an 80% fighter. There's no hole in his game. He doesn't have a hole. He can strike. He can take down. Uh, he's good in the clinch. He's just not a hundred. He's just not a champion at those things. He's an eighty percent fighter. Whereas uh, Masvidal is ninety nine percent at striking, but fucking zero at, at at on the takedown. So there's got a chance. There's got a weakness. But Gilbert yeah. Burns doesn't necessarily have a weakness. You just have to we be like better to, at everything. Than him. Yeah, we like to refer to people like that as a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> Yeah. And Jack is a jack of no trades and master of none. <laughs> that uh, Gilbert Burns, I'm looking at him, he's 35 years old. Eh? He's coming towards the end of his career. Eh? Well, yeah, I guess he is. And I think that's why he's fighting Chemayev to get his name out there so that he can get one more big fight. Because I don't think he'll make that much off the Chemayev fight. But if he does beat Chemayev, he can go for another run at the title. Um, I think that's the only thing that'll give him a, ch a chance to go for the title because he needs to shock, shock and awe. That's how he's going to get a title shot. Because at this stage, 
he had a boring fight against Stephen Thompson, so nobody wants to fight him. Nobody's talking about him anymore after Usman beat him. Um, but let's see. Let's see. If, Like I said, depending on how easily Chemaev takes him down or beats him, will show us how well he'll do against Usman. Go, Jack. You said he was how old? 35, 35. Yeah, but the, I saw something. I don't know if it's actually uh, current or whatever, but Texera, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Yeah. Texera, Texera, I don't know, but... Didn't he become champion at like 42 or something? Yeah, yeah but I mean, he anymore. was a superstar already. You know what I'm saying? Like those guys, I mean, it's, it's if you've been at the top, he hasn't been at the top. Then I think it's easier. Like uh, if you're, if you ha- on, have been on big, have you had big fights, you're on runs, you're on these big streaks. But to, I don't know, it's, I think it's just tough. Some guys are anomalies, super, like they can do it. And maybe he can do it. Like the the sports now today, guys are doing crazy things, but mm. you got to show like super promise. You got to be really something oh. special. Yeah, it's like Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero is also oh, fighting God. at forty two. Okay, look, he's fucking around because he's like batshit crazy, but he also I don't know. I don't think unless they've had really hard fights. I think the older they get, the sometimes the better they get because they're just as strong. They might not be as fast. But if they're smart enough, they alter the game. And that's what Chashera uh, did. Look, I still don't think Chashera is better than Jan Blahovic. I think Jan Blahovic, like we said, having a baby and all that kind of stuff, yeah, I think he just didn't come in the way he's supposed to. But Lava Chashera, I mean, Lava Chashera only really lost uh, uh, and really went down after fighting um, John Jones. And again, John Jones is the best of all time. So. Glover Cheshire is a different animal, dude. Gilbert Burns is not on Glover Cheshire's level. Like I said, Glover Cheshire is an eight, a 90% guy where he, he does everything at 90% and he can do everything at 90%. Maybe his striking is a bit harder because he's fucking powerful. What are you guys doing? Sorry, we're having phone sex on the side. It, it's called sexting because it's uh, not oh, it's non vocal. <laughs> Uh, it's used with words, words of passion, uh, and Jack's got that ability. You know, he's he's extremely. Thank you. Thank one, you one would say Jack's so smooth he slides uphill. Shut up, Riggs. Oh fuck yes, <laughs> I, I like the side of that one. <laughs> okay, so next week we've got Misha Tate fighting uh, Ketlin Vieira. Uh, Misha Tate's on a on a way up. I'm interested in to see if she can get back to the title. Uh, I don't think she'll beat Amanda Nunes, but I think she can get back to that level. Because in this weight class, the banter, women's bantamweight, there is nobody that comes close to fucking Amanda Nunes. Um, so, uh, same in the flyweights as well. Uh, Michael Kies is the interesting guy. No, I must actually... Sorry, Rick. Sorry, Bevan, to interrupt. Just I Actually, I've been watching uh, like some of Amanda Nunes. I must say, I really enjoy her. Yeah. Like I was saying on previous episodes, I don't enjoy women fights, this and that. But I've been watching like some of her highlights and you know her knockouts and like um, notable fights and mm. that. She's she's pretty good, eh? Yeah, she's incredible. Good, yeah. Like really. Yeah, she knocks down, eh, dude? <laughs> she's like. <laughs> yes, no, but she destroys those other chicks. Yeah. It's like it's almost a different like. Leader. Yeah, she's on a level about that, That's exactly what it is. It there's not no one that can match her, and that's what. Look, it makes for entertaining fighting, but. 
you know exactly what's going to happen when she steps into the ring. She's going to walk out victorious. That's plain and simple. And you need someone that is going to come to to her yeah, level. And can you imagine if you can get that? That's going to be like the that, next Holloway yeah. fight. It's going to be a complete yeah. beatdown yeah. that runs into the points. The only hope for that, Amanda Nunes, she... was uh, Chris Cyborg. But then she just fought. Chris Cyborg just fell off the map. She, I think there were some issues there with the UFC. Maybe she was getting a bit yeah. older as well. But she had some disagreements yeah, with Dana White. Chris and, yeah, but like, I mean, that was the only hope. Yeah. You know, and there was one fight. And the fight wasn't, I don't know, it was a very weird fight. That was when Chris Cyborg was doing her training camp here in South Africa. I don't know if you yeah. remember that with coach Richie Kwan. Yeah, she's still, yeah. Just, uh, why did I, is it did her visa <laughs> did her visa get the night to leave was it? <laughs> access didn't lockdown talking talking, yeah. talking about uh, people's no, face no, getting no. broken her husband's face watch that say uh, just say cyborg um, crushed skull dude they literally he got need in the head and his skull got crushed in like oh, yeah. in his skull crushed in oh. let's see the was that, is that his crazy. husband yeah, 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 yeah. I think so, but nah, I nah. nah. I don't think she's think maybe like uh, the concert that. <laughs> but yes, that fella got a um, hole in his head. Yeah, don't talk about your weekend shenanigans, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say like a Lannister type of relationship, but that's not fair or funny. So, uh, maybe cancel. <laughs> it's funny for me. <laughs> Yeah, but they'll kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, so the and then the last no. thing on the docket, two six nine. I'm looking forward to it. Amanda Nunes is fighting Juliana Pena. Okay, well, let's all pray for Juliana Pena that she gets out alive. Charles Oliver, uh the big fight there. I mean, the rest of the cards is not that interesting. Cody Galbraith fighting, but who cares? Sean O'Malley fighting. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of over that guy. But the big one is Charles Oliveira against Justin Poirier. Mike, I just wanted to ask you, do you think Charles Oliveira has a chance against Dustin Poirier? I I think so, yeah, I did. Like I might still back Charles Oliveira then. Dude, Poirier's good, but he, like, he hasn't had a title fight. He's been doing all these offside fights, so who knows what's gonna happen. The guy's very good, dude. I like Dustin Poirier, but like he's he has had a title fight, fight he fought twice. How long ago was that? Uh, how, but how, I mean, how long? I'm, that's what I'm saying. It was. It's been a long time since he's had a title. Like yeah. it's, he's been having this little feud with Conor McGregor. That's yeah. like a very strange side story. And I think maybe Charles Oliveira is like his head's in the game. He's he's playing. He's been like very focused. Yeah, where who knows what Poirier is going to bring? But it's going to be interesting. Think- I like both. I really like both fighters. Then. Yeah, I mean, uh, Charles Oliveira, I, what I always thought was, <clears throat> and for a while, everybody was talking about how Justin Gaethje could uh, uh, stand, uh, stand up in the wrestling with uh, Khabib. The thing is that Justin Gaethje, yes, he was a good wrestler, but he doesn't wrestle anymore, and he hasn't wrestled for many years. Charles Oliveira, other than Khabib, is, and maybe Islam, is one of the best on the ground in the UFC. So that's the yeah, guy that should have fought good. Khabib. Not Gaethje. Sorry, no offense to Gaethje, but Gaethje's a striker at this stage. He's not a fucking wrestler. Let's be very clear about that. 
when last did you see him wrestle anybody? Um, so yeah. that's one thing I want to watch. And beat Ferguson like pretty convincingly, you know. Yeah. No, Charles so, is supposed to be the like I don't know slippery customer on the ground. Well, I mean, and, uh, so yeah, Charles Oliveira has gone through quite a high level, quite a group of high level guys. Like he's gone through, so he's beaten Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee, uh, and then obviously Michael Chandler. So he's got he's got a good list. But on on that streak that we talk about, like the reason why he got the title defense, he's like fought like Clay Guida, you know, not all, not none of these guys that he's fought really have any uh bone or anything to anything of tangibility in the UFC because yes okay he beat um he beat Michael Chandler nobody really knew what Michael Chandler was doing because he was very new to the UFC yeah. and he actually he didn't hard in that fight. fight as well yeah but he also beat Tony Ferguson on the way down um so I think this and he beat Kevin Lee Kevin Lee hasn't done well since he got that staff infection so Kevin Lee's you know out of the picture I think this is his first fight against a high level guy if he fights Islam the next time, it's a very interesting fight because let's see what the groundwork's like. If he fights uh, Justin Gaethje the next time, and he gets a window over Justin Gaethje, then we can then we can hold him to uh, then we can call him a real champion. At the moment now, it's, and look, all respect to the guy, but everybody thinks it's a hollow belt. So let him beat um, uh, these guys. But if he loses to Dustin Poirier, then it was a hollow belt, and he wasn't the champion that we all thought he would be. Honestly. But yeah, well, I guess we'll see Poirier's ground game because I mean that's obviously where he's gonna go. Yeah, but can he take Justin Poirier down? Because Justin's good at stuffing the takedowns. Yeah, that's true. And dude, listen. Plus, Charles Oliveira's got a sweet horse tattoo on his arm, dude. Have you seen that's that? True, <laughs> <laughs> he's just got this very strange. It looks like a paper <laughs> numbers horse tattoo on his. <laughs> uh, what are you trying to say? You don't like horses. Listen, dude, I'm all for horses, but the horse tattoos in the back of like a Rio de Janeiro slum style <laughs> tattoo parlor, probably not the best thing for a UFC fighter uh, to be getting. <laughs> so, maybe yeah, it gives him hope. There was actually some He's confusion like, like with it. There was the confusion with him getting that tattoo. Is he actually walked into the tattoo parlor and he said, I want to get a whore? And yeah, uh, they, they heard wrong. <laughs> so, Try again, Riggs. <laughs> oh, I, I want whores. <laughs> um, yeah, no. This so is where I'm just explaining side... the joke to everyone. <laughs> 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 just to make sure everyone understood because it's a bit of dead air. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when, when when you guys, you fuckers, don't laugh. I need to get one of those buttons, like <laughs> crowd, crowd laughing. Cue now. <laughs> yeah. well, there we that, go. That's, that, it, dude. that's it. Just a bit late. Edit it out. Edit it back. Yeah, I'll just put that in. Oh fuck! But look, the other maybe thing the, I wanted maybe... to ask both of you was: Would you want to fight? Uh, Fight. Would you want to watch the fourth fight between Connor and Dustin, or do you think it's over? Riggs, to nah, you first. Nah, nah. I, I don't want to watch it. It's done. So you think that Dustin's uh, better than Connor? Yes, for sure. Okay. For sure. It, it's used up porridge. And you, you might. Know, I, I'm tired of eating that. 
No, listen, I think most of us are over Conor McGregor. I think that's why he's doing all these weird things. He's trying to stay in the light. He realizes people are over, over like, his, his show's done. Man. He's yeah. going to have his diehard fans, but that's yeah. it. Idiots. <laughs> Drunk idiots. But you know what the thing you're is? A doing you're a reason, you're a rat. <laughs> um, doing these stupid things is actually the thing that's getting that's pulling us away from him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pulling us away from supporting him because uh, and we spoke about it a few times. I like the fact that he talks shit. I like what Connor does. And Connor, Connor was always smart about talking shit. Yes, from a, from somebody that doesn't know what he's doing, it looks like, oh, he's an idiot and he just likes to talk shit. But he's it's strategic and he's doing a, he was doing a good job at it. Now he's walking around. First of all, he's punching DJs. And I've said it before, punching Machine Gun Kelly. And now he's trying to fight a TV. Come on, dude. Relax, bro. Yeah. Really. We know you're rich. Come on. Yeah. And we're back. Back into the rugby. There were some international games over the weekend. I think we can start local or applies to us locally. South Africa versus Scotland. I personally enjoyed the game um, or enjoyed the outcome. Let me say that. Uh, You guys? Yeah, enjoyed the game. Sorry, Riggs, if <laughs> I may Thanks for that fucking in-depth analysis, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, go on, Riggs. Uh, yeah, so look, uh, <laughs> first half had me biting off my, my fingernails a bit. Uh, I wasn't too... Let's say I wasn't too sure on on what the outcome would be, and yeah, second half, then we just started to to find the rhythm and, and do what we do best, I think. And it was good to see, you know, uh, everyone obviously making their making their contribution for the team and good team rugby, uh, and that's what Except we saw. Except for Look, Villiers, I've always said Villiers, he either has an okay game or a very shit game. I don't rate him as a player and I used to love him. But, you know, his consistency is fucking terrible. He's the Earl Rose of 2021. Yeah, or Earl Rose. Even like Alton Yankees, Alton Yankees, I feel the same. I don't feel he's a good player. But Andre Pollard, I don't even feel is consistent enough to be in the box squad. So there's a lot of like not lately. There's a lot of players that I question their position in the team. And yeah, I must say, Bev, like you and Jack have been saying about France staying, but did you hear the the Scottish commentators when no. they're like, hmm, he looks different. What is that? <laughs> and then the next guy was like, maturity. <laughs> I was like, oh, they call flies in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They were trying to do it like all, all, all like fucking, yeah, politically correct. But fuck, they were looking at him like, hey, Tubby. <laughs> but yeah, look, yes, brilliant he's fucking game. Boot on him, eh? Hey, he's got a boot on him, yeah. He's still got yeah, a boot put, on him. That put guy. that weight behind anything. You're fucking, you could scope a brick from fucking 50. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, one thing for me, like, while it is commendable, it's also. I don't know. Not frustrating. It's also fun to watch. But we make more ground. I don't know if it's obviously not fact-checked here, but like defensively, we gain more ground 
than when we run at them. Yeah, uh, we just didn't give those access uh, room to breathe by yeah. charging in their straight. Yeah, well, that's always been the Springbok game plan. That's yeah. why we've got the big fucking breakers. But I, I just want to say something about Frankenstein. Like you know, he's, he got that fifteen years, been playing for fifteen years, and um, a lot of those pictures were weren't flattering because they showed him when he was younger, and he's this young guy with long hair, and then now he's like a a heavier set dad. So it's like when I look at high school dad, pictures, yeah. like a lot he's of the time there was, people will see high school pictures of me and then they'll be like, is that you, Bevan? I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> of course it's me. Yes, I've been yeah, Bevan, you're pretty idea, much the most sustain of our <laughs> Without the rugby skills there. Oh, Just all the aging in this weight gain part. <laughs> oh, shit. Which I did, the rugby was enjoyable. <laughs> the rugby what i said yeah the rugby i mean it was enjoyable that the first i don't know 10 minutes we, sh- we had two very good opportunities to score and uh, we walked away with zero points and then scotland yeah. put three points and now we're in ahead and we were dominating and uh, yeah. we were on but on the back foot i mean the ref had some harsh calls in the turnover at the ruck and vincent uh koch rolling or not rolling away a couple Turnovers that was yeah. that Angus Garner it was looking for, and a very weird yeah. one with um, the try, the conversion for the try, uh, where Yankees just kicked it. Then he's like, sort of cool, yes, yeah. I don't know what was going on. Are they going to check it? And uh, well, look, yeah, but thing, anyways, the thing is, there were a few, a few weird calls, but at least he was consistent because he was calling those weird calls on the ruck as well, but he was calling it for both teams, so that was that. And he was also explaining. Yeah, so that's okay. I mean, okay, look, he's not the best ref in the world, but at least he wasn't being a prick to one team. I mean, if we were playing New Zealand and he was refing, yeah. maybe it would have been different, but they always get that fucking call, that 50% call. Um, what, what, what I also, um, what, I'm, what I'm not sick of, but what I think is too much, you know the TMO, it used to be... Oh, it's the, the worst. The ref, yeah, but the ref could... The ref could ask the TMO, but he had to ask a specific thing. So he had a call, okay, check the forward pass. And then that yeah. was it. Exactly. That's fine. But now they yeah. run through the whole fucking segment and the whole freaking five, six, seven yeah. times. And he's looking at, then what are you? Why are you on the field? Why don't we yeah. just have the TMO? They go through the well, fucking prior like 18 set plays. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that. I fully agree. They go the until they find something wrong. I want to check grounding. And you check the grounding. You don't go fucking back 30 seconds and then you say, yeah, but so-and-so touched the guy before he fucking had the ball. Fuck yeah. off. Make the call for what you've been asked for. I agree with that. Yeah. I do feel the TMO does help us a lot more. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, it's there to aid us, but, you know, there needs to be the balance of, of using it and the the extent at which they go back to. So... Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I agree with you the touch judge is not there to be the ref. He's not the on-field ref. He needs to sit yeah. there, make a decision, and basically be like a little nerd. Play yeah. video. Yes, sir. He, he did this, or no, sir. He didn't do it. Boom. Done. But also, a clear question because, like you said, you can go back and look at all these different, you know, different plays and all that kind of stuff and find something. If you look for shit, you're going to find shit. And yes, yeah. okay, it makes the game yeah. more fair. But at the end of the day, we. If if that's the case, then just have the TMO. Then we don't need an on on field rep, because yeah. you, 
yeah, I, I, I just don't agree with it. I don't think that it slows the whole game down. What's that? That and it's not just the South Africa games. If you watch the New Zealand game, <laughs> that Cody Taylor got a yellow card, super soft. Like it's actually ridiculous the yellow card he got. Like I don't know, it's insane. It's like they're looking for something. And then in the Wales Fiji game, I don't know if you watched the highlights. There was a try from the there's that young Welsh winger. I mean, he's very good, but he scored quite a good try. But the grounding there was no ground pressure. The team, yeah. they review it, and they're like, they still give it a try. But it was yeah. a shocking call. And it put Fiji on the back foot. They were very close in contention, and it's yeah. messed up their whole game. But uh, that's, they're, good. they're looking for things. They're going back. They're, very, they're nitpicking. It's just slowing down the whole game. The players are standing on the field. The viewers yeah, exactly. aren't enjoying it. And, and that's the thing. If it's 100%, okay, then it's different. But you're still making mistakes with the TMO. So you don't need the TMO to go through every fucking play before a try and every fucking yeah. try. You know, yeah. the, the ref has to have some kind of accountability. And I think that's why I like the whole thing with the Russi thing was because it's bringing back counter- accountability. If you fuck up, guess what? People are going to talk about it and think you're a dickhead. Remember when we yeah. played Australia in the World Cup and that fucking Pocock kept putting his hands in the fucking run in front of the... F- and I mean, it's not like he had small arms. Jesus, you can see those things from a mile away. I can see he's fucking yeah. got his hands on the ball. I can see he's fucking picking the ball out the ruck. And those rules were changed two years before. You couldn't put hands in the ruck. I remember when, yeah. I don't know if you remember in our matric year, they, they started a thing where you could put hands in the ruck. And Jesus, when was that? Yeah, 1994, dude. It's you, dude. You're like seven years older but, than us, dude. Not me, <laughs> dude. I'm young. I'm in my 20s, dude. I'm in my prime. In no, your you're prime, <laughs> you, you, you're in your prime for the second time, I think. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Australia really uh, used to call that shit, eh? Uh, and yeah, fucking couldn't stand the fucker. Yeah, and the the touch judges don't do anything these days. I don't know what the touch judges yeah. are doing. Like, they don't have yeah. a say. They don't call anything. The offsides has been shocking in the in the Wales game, Wales Springboks. The offsides lines from Wales was terrible when we were attacking. A couple of calls in the same... Sorry, Mark, yeah? Yeah, no, I was just saying the touch judges, they're not bringing anything to the the game. But that's the thing, though, because the ref knows that if there's a try and if there's something that people are going to really talk about, it's a contesting a try. And that's when they get the TMO involved. Otherwise, nobody fucking cares. And that's the complacency that happens and that's why people like Rusty need to speak out about it and not there's no, there's no hard and fast rule that he can't make a video questioning a ref. It's bullshit. So yeah. I hope and I hope and pray that he goes to this thing and Rusty says it's a bunch of bullshit and he's honest with us. He doesn't apologize because there's nothing fucking to apologize for. Even if he made a mistake, even if he was incorrect about 90% of the things he said, it doesn't matter because these fuckers need to be pulled up on this shit. I know, I, look. I'm, I'm a, I subscribe to the whole rugby ref where everybody needs to respect the ref, correct. But then the ref needs to bring it to the table. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the ref needs to conduct his game respectfully. Mm. A, and that's when you get respect. Respect is fucking earned. So, correct. Yeah, I agree. But look, let, let's get a bit off the, I would say, the, the side players of the, the game. I, I want to put a little question to you guys and maybe... 
a bit of a dodgy one. But like, what did you think of uh, Duan van der Merwe for for Scotland? I felt he played fucking brilliantly. And look, it's a pity he's not on our team, uh, but it's still beautiful to see a little SA Boyki like showing such class in rugby. Yeah, well, I mean, we're the best. Uh, in the world. Yeah, look, we have a few of those in Europe. Yeah, look, there's there's more and more. Uh, but yeah, look, before obviously I moved over, I I would watch a game, and if I saw a fucking South African for another team, I'd be like, "You traiting bastard!" And I used to be like, "Break his fucking knees." Now I watch <laughs> it, and I'm like, "Yeah, I can understand, boy. I can understand." And yeah, I, I appreciate. I still it, so. hope they break his knees, dude. To be honest, <laughs> I can't. I can't stand the ease. I don't know. I just he's yes, he's played very well for Scotland, but I don't think he's good enough to be in the Springboks. He's he's a big boy, he's a good but I don't know, he's I don't like seeing him, dude. Especially after Lions Tour. I'm never gonna forget that tour, dude. That guy he just put left a bad taste in our mouths and I don't uh, have you seen I don't know you knew him that well. Have you seen the pictures of him when he's like eighteen years old? Juiced to the to the yeah, girls. yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I, I, so, yeah. I don't know. I, I, just, I don't like your style, dude. I, I don't like your what, style. More what I was saying, like you could see he was bringing the man in and popping the pass. You know, he wasn't playing a bit. He's not a stingy player. And like that is someone like Dialendi when he fucking offloaded, I was amazed that he yeah. fucking offloaded. Because I honestly so feel offload, he's fucking stingy. He's like a Jean de Villiers that just wants to run and I'm not going to fucking... Whoa, 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 whoa. Jean de Villiers is brilliant. No, Jean de Villiers would not pass on time. No, no, he would never pass on time. Never. No, he straightens the line, Riggs. <laughs> he straightens, <laughs> a, the line. straightens the line and holds onto the ball as if he's a fucking toy. It's a toy at his like, little party and everyone wants to play with it. He's like, fuck that. No. Dude, but that's a coaching. I think that's a game. Call the man and offload, and that's what yeah. you need to do. That's a that's a, I think that's a that's the game plan. You know, they they're giving DLND to try and put them on the front foot. But the problem comes in when you've got players like Cheslin Colby. Okay, he's not playing, but he give he the ball needs to get to Cheslin players like Cheslin Colby. Yeah. And yeah, DLND sh- straightening the line or doing whatever you want to call it stops that. And yeah. like yeah. the you don't get to put your playmakers in the game. Yeah, but you can also make an Time argument place, that Lindy's taking the ball and and crash balling and keeping the ball for a while, and then when they when they when they send it wide, uh, um, when the defense is yeah, thin. because they they um, over uh, uh, they're putting two men on Lindy, so you can argue with that yeah. as well. I mean, Cheslin Colby's good, but he's not you know I, he's not an, he's not a New Zealand fucking wing where they just run over three guys. Um, yeah, but he beats so he the guys. He doesn't need to run over because he runs around, circles yeah, but he around. Needs that space, yeah. dude. He, needs that, he needs that big center to open up the yeah. wing. That's why but then we need the scrum that. off. We need the scrum off to be there to recycle the ball quicker, which, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That, that really happens. But, I mean, when when Faf, maybe, but other Reinach and uh, Yankees, they're, they're quite slow to recycle the ball. Which is yeah. weird because Reinach was the last time. I mean, before I think it was before the World Cup or during yeah. the World Cup, he was the quickest from the uh, out the ruck. Um, so I don't know what's happened to him now that he's taking so slow. Um, it's a, it's the guy a, wants to run and score the wing. Huh? Reinach, Reinach likes that little snipe, like 
he i don't know he yeah. wants to attack more he wants to carry the ball if i feel like sometimes where you yeah, should just focus on distribution and he's got source yeah you see that's the thing that scrum is i mean there's always <clears throat> a, a thing to be said about a running scrum off but at the end of the day if your passing isn't up to scratch it doesn't matter how much you run you can score as many tries as you like but you're not covering your role as a scrum off like for example food priya or or um what's a guy's name uh Uist. Uist, yeah they were they they yeah. running scrum offs but they they when they passed they did that at 100 percent. then they when they had that sniping opportunity that's what makes them a good player because they're playing their role now i don't know about the lindy he's a bit too stingy so he, he should pass a bit more but he is playing his role and what they got him there for. You don't have a fucking six foot, fucking four uh, uh, um, inside center and not use him for crash ball. I mean, no, I've for been sure. But on the other side of a fucking uh, big center, <laughs> and I know it fucking makes a difference. If you look at, like when we were using Jacques Ferry, and I think he was a, an extremely underrated mm. uh, a player position, in his time. No, Jacques Ferry used to play center, outside center. He never. Yeah. He never played uh, fullback uh, all the time. He was a utility back. And they would use him at... Played wing and outside center. We're talking about the inside center, completely different role. You're talking about a big center to take a crash ball. And Jacques Ferry was used as that. Okay. Yeah. And and I'm saying... While returning. There we go. Bat! (laughs) Back at you. (laughs) Under pressure. Yeah. No, look, but I, I feel like... At least Jacques Ferry played a running game and he was very quick to pass. He would draw in the men and unload. And, and we need that unload. That unload is what gets it to the back line because, or not the back line, but the wingers, you know, the yeah. flyers. Uh, and, and if you're not doing the pop, y- your play and maybe your position is basically irrelevant because you're supposed to take that line but also unload. And they're not unloading enough. And the moment you unload, I mean, we saw when it goes to Mpimpi, it's fucking try time. That guy's, yes, but then like again, lightning. If you're on yeah. the inside center and you offload, you're still in the middle of the field. If you offload, if you if you take the ball, if you if you straighten the line on the outside center and you offload, then you're on the outside. Plus, then the fly's got time to get around. So that that's why I say it's a different position. Yes, they're playing the same role, but from a different position of the on the field. So I agree with what you're saying. And look, again, I'm not saying that Lindy's nearly as good as Jacques Ferry. I think Jacques Ferry, you know, I know there's Umanga and uh, not Tana, uh, Tana. Is it Tana Umanga who played 13 or Nanu? Nanu played 12. But anyway, um, <clears throat> when it comes to outside centers, I don't think there's anybody that would say that, that he's is. not in the top three centers of all time. I mean, he is fucking good. So Delendi is not that guy. I'm not saying Delendi isn't is a, as, as good as those guys. Obviously, he's not. I agree but with that. But he is playing. I think what I'm trying to say is that the Lindy is being is playing his role. They've told him to do that. I don't think he's yeah. a stingy guy on purpose. I think they're telling him to take the ball in to create that overlap. And and then yeah. again, it works because Mpimpi scored. So it's and crash ball, set play, go out. Yeah. yeah. He's there as yeah, a I just want to think a bit more of a... I think South African rugby is like a stagnant fucking rugby. It's... Like you say, crash ball, set play, send it out. I want to see running rugby. I want to see like New Zealand fucking rugby. Uh, I yeah. feel like that's where yeah, but that's, that's where rugby is. No, that's where rugby is evolving to. If you take ten years back, look at the box squad to now, 
it's a lot more leaner. You know, like the target <laughs> the target of like my days are, are long gone. I, I, I would be useless in a in a rugby team now as a big person because now they, they take in the, the leaner, the quicker guys and it's yeah. moving to the fast paced rugby. But then you need to adapt your style. And South African rugby, I would say, is very we, we stuck. It's in our blood to to take the the heavy runs, take the knocks, do a set play, start over. And yeah, but you see, I think that New Zealand can play with an inside center with a with a play a playmaker inside center like a Sunny Bull, because they don't make yeah. gaps on the outside. Yes, they do get gaps on the outside, but where they play is in the center. They play. Uh, uh, yeah, um, they never feed in the wings. They actually. Yeah, yeah you're right. And their yeah. wings are taking crash balls in in the middle, in the middle. So they get a lot of their tries from the center of the field. Whereas South Africa, we make a lot of, we do a crash, 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 and then send it wide because there's a gap on the on uh, on the width, which is a completely different game plan. And the thing is, Riggs, I know what you're saying about being stagnant in that, but South Africa plays that game because it works, because it makes us number one. Yes, if we play the New Zealand game, we will win a lot of games, but we'll never beat New Zealand. You understand what I'm saying? So. You yeah. take that risk yeah. of, of evolving, but then the problem is if you evolve too much, you try to play a New Zealand game and then shit hits the fan. Look, there will never ever be an England of, I think it was 2003, where Johnny Wilkinson won the whole World Cup for them. There'll never ever be that. Yeah. But we, sh- we need to alter our game plan. But at, the, at this stage, dude, it's working. And, and Delindy not passing is working. So, yes, I agree. It would be f- more interesting to... To see him pass and to see the ball get to the wings and those kinds of things and see if any magic can be made. But then we're not going to win as much and then we're not going to be the best team in the world. So you've got to give a – it's a give and take. What yeah. do you guys think about the defense on the wing out wide? Because we were beaten that one try, I mean, way overlap, terrible defense on the wing. And then the cross yeah. kicks as well from Scotland caught us. They had two cross kicks in a row, very predictable, and they still beat us around the wingers. So I don't know. Um, yeah, yes. yeah. But he, he barely Is touched the fucking ball. Yeah. Look, it's that rushed yeah. defense as well, eh? That, you, you, uh, the now, the you, you get past that rush defense. The minute you, if you can get that ball wide quickly, then it fucks the rush defense. Yeah. But that's where I've like, listen, Vili Larue has done a lot of good things. He helped us win a World Cup. Guys, done something, but. His time is, yeah. I think it's over, dude. He's becoming like, it's a position where a guy needs to be covering those kind of things, you know. he's yeah. They need yeah. to be getting around the park and he's just not filling that role. You yeah. need a Percy because Percy never missed a tackle. Oh, yeah, Okay, fuck. he's kicking. Brilliant. When yeah. did he miss a tackle at 15, Mike? I never said anything. I don't know. No, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, that, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying fucking brilliant. I love Percy. He, uh, at Flaff, when he first uh, played, he was playing Flaff, he wasn't good at his defense. Yeah. But when he went into the 15th position, his, his, uh, his yeah. uh, defense was impeccable. And But look, and, and, okay, in no, that's not the seven, Eh? Yeah. You, you popped on his, his uh, kick in and that. But in 2007, yeah. I mean, that two-step wonder, he was <laughs> fucking brilliant. And, mm, and yeah. yeah. Look, I, I rate and him and, and I, I love what you're going at. Yeah. That's, but, that's but we good. Keep that's good we keep yeah. saying that Villarou's cuck, but who's going to replace Villarou? I don't have a replacement. That's the we don't have exactly. the depth there. We don't have no, we, it. But we have to find attack, someone for the next World Cup. That's what we must be thinking for. We can't like even if we don't have someone, we have to start trying out people in that role. Uh, someone that you know, because Villy's not going to make the next World Cup. 
Why should we keep playing yeah. him? Like no, we yeah, tried. Um, well. <laughs> yeah, I agree there, Mike. Because yeah, it's you need to you need to train it up, and you need to get them while while uh, they say, to international rugby. Yeah, a Scottish a game I against Scotland is a perfect opportunity for a young guy to come in and try and do something. No, yeah. what we need to do is we need to put Pollard on the fifteen and start playing him on the fifteen. Because, like you say, Villiers is not going to make the next World Cup. So why the fuck are we playing him? Because we don't have depth. So put Pollard on the on the on the wings, and you could have used Mornay Stain, or you can use Yankees. Because yes, Yankees doesn't always have a brilliant game, but you've got two kickers on the field, and that's how we won the World Cup the first time. We had Butch James. Okay, we actually had three. We had Butch James. We had right. Puri de and we had fucking Percy at the back. Or bring Stain back. But the thing is, like, is he going to make the next World Cup? So no. you guys talk about depth. No, no, yeah. yeah, so he won't. So put Pollard on the 15. Try Pollard out in the 15. At least we're using these guys and trying new things. You understand what I'm saying? That's where I want to see new things. I want to see if, if if we put Pollard in the back, because Pollard's a big Dutchman. He can tackle, dude. So put him in the back there. That's and see why what they happens. tried it. Remember, they tried Pollard at center. I don't know if you remember that. They tried Pollard at center as a, like a um, Matt Gitto style, you know, kicking center. Yeah, but uh, you yeah. never a, a kicking center never works because then he just he's so close to the fluff he just tries to play fluff the whole time. Yeah, and but he that, just tries it shouldn't to, be his uh, main focus. Shouldn't be kicking, but like you say, it's that second option. It's that second kick kicking. Yeah. But take him away, put him at the back there, keep him at a different role because at the end of the day, we do need a Delindy. Like I said, we we just we just uh, discussed how you need a big the way we play. We need a big. Um, a, a, a hard-hitting, uh, stingy fucking inside center. Put Pollard at the back. He's out of the way. When it comes to the kicking from the back, he's obviously better than Vili LaRue. It is going to be a bit tough, but then but let's put him at the back and keep him at the back there. And look, well, that's Butch what James they did with Bowden Barrett. In the world. But yeah, but Bowden exactly Barrett, okay, let's not even fucking say that name because Bowden yes, Barrett's on so another level. Bowden is, Barrett, yeah. you can put him at lock and he'll still be the best player in the fucking world. That guy's Jeez, fucking class, man. <laughs> He's, He's class. like the Michael Jordan of rugby. Like, <laughs> I, I thought Dan, okay, I still rate Dan Carter over, me, over him. But if Bowden Barrett plays for another five years, <laughs> it's a fucking very difficult discussion. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I would rate one of my players that I enjoyed was Carlos Spencer, which, yeah. yeah look, it wasn't good. He's a, he's a Yankee. That guy had legs. Well, he's a, he's a <laughs> no, great good one. I, I I liked him. I liked him. He was he was actually for me what I feel a good starting point on the cross kicking. Uh, I think that I feel like that guy fucking invented it because he used to play it so yeah. well. And I know he didn't, but yeah. he used to play it so well. And and I would like that type of like fly off rugby. That that's where you're running and you you've got your eye on the fucking game. You know exactly what's going down. But, and but I, that's fine. You know, but I, then I, you need I, a I you need a kicking the, you need a kicking fullback. Because you need a Star Wars boring kicker in the back, and you can have your fancy yeah. fly. Because then, if somebody no, breaks sure. through, you've got your you've got your good fullback, and that's yeah. fine. And again, like I said, Butch James was, is not the best fly of in anybody's books. But because he's, we had, he's my, he's my tops. He's my tops. But yeah, I, but, I know what you're saying. Had, <laughs> yeah, but we had Butch there to scare the guy, so they ran around Butch, and then Percy yeah. fucking tackled him. So you don't need the best fly in the world if you've got a fucking good kicking fullback. And I think the most right, important even. position on the field for kicking is actually the fullback because it takes a lot of yeah. pressure off the fly. Surely, this and is and what we do. Say that Billy's not good, but Billy's not a kicker. He's not a fly off kicker. But, you but need he's a Pollard. Kicker. 
is Pollard, uh, do, do you think Pollard's there? Do you think Pollard is going to be our saving grace in the next World Cup? Pollard's because I'm seriously doubting him, eh? No, Pollard's touch kicking is good. And remember, if he's at full fullback, he's got a lot more time to kick. So his touch kicking is good. Not to say he doesn't need to kick for poles. Yankees is a bit better than, but he's also not great. But that's fine. We've got keep Pollard for kicking for touch from the fullback position. Get Yankees to kick to kick for poles or Willemsa. Well, Willemsa is also kind of but, but yeah. look, we don't have. It's not a perfect. It's not a perfect solution, but I think it's better than the solution we have at the moment. Because Pollard's not playing. Too, okay, he's playing okay now at ten. But he's not playing as well as he should because, like I said, he's got the capability of being the best fluff in the world. So put him at fullback, yeah. let him play at fullback, let him yeah. be a Percy and be one of the best fullbacks of all time and bring another fluff in, a young fluff. I suppose what's also my worry uh, with Pollard is also just like the fact that he's, I would say, he's injury prone. I mean, mm. he's probably one of our Springbok players that has had the worst luck. Him and Derek Hochart, I think, are on the same level on fucking injuries. And, you know, like just at the moment where you're wanting them to peak, injury out for fucking three months. So he's had that bad luck. And I sort of wonder, like, that's always my thing. I always have that doubt. And I'm like, do I want to be playing this guy as my number one? Because judging on history, I don't yeah. want to play him at, at number one. Yeah. I don't want to take that risk. And then halfway through a fucking critical rugby championship or something, you lose him and you're fucked. So I would rather have him as an impact player where I know like, okay, you don't want to lose him, but you could. You know, he's not going to affect the, the, the setup or the strategy of your whole game if you lose him. And maybe that well, should be me to say that, that, Yeah. Yeah, look. That's why you put him at fullback because there's lots of fullback. A wing can play fullback. Anybody can play fullback. You just make the fl- the, the fly-off kick more, or you just move your fly-off back and you put your scrum off at fly-off. Uh, full-back's an easier position to Bevan, fool listen, than the fly-off. He won us a World Cup at fly-off. So, like, I get what you're saying, but he he already proved himself that he can win World Cups at fly-off. But, yes, you yeah. won him on the field. That's why I propose you bring back Zane Kirshner, put him at full <laughs> 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 no jokes. That's yeah. He was fucking good. <laughs> no, there was a joke. There was a joke. Let's not. Let's not do that. Uh, but, but, uh, Pollard. I don't know. Yes, I think you want to keep him in the team. But now you send him to fullback. Might start messing with his head because it looks like that was happening with his kicking. You know, his confidence. You don't want to really ruin the guy. Um, you look at Pat Lambie. They put him in so young. They kind of ruined the guy. I mean, he did yeah, yeah, but, have some good games. But, but Pat Lambie didn't play I didn't know what Pat to do, Lambie really. Pat played 10 different positions. That's the difference. Pat Lambie didn't... They didn't put Pat Lambie to fullback. They played him at a different position every five minutes. Thanks, Jack. No, but I yeah. I agree with Mike there because they, they fucked him over and they, the media scrutinized him. And I think that... Yeah, you're right there, Mike, because he took a fucking big knock as, as an entry as, as such a young player. I think there was a lot of... A lot of weight on that fucking shoulders. So, yeah, fully agree there. Yeah. Wreck the fuck. Yes, I mean, let's get to... 20 years old as well. So, that's also a big yeah, difference. Let's, let's talk about New Zealand's loss to, to Ireland. Yeah. To the to the Irish. Yes, that was and amazing. Guinnesses were fucking going that down strong with that game, eh? <laughs> Listen, I'm just going to put it... I don't like the Irish, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, my favorite pub here up in Harlem is called Tyrannies, which is an Irish pub. So I love the Irish, I will say. And uh, I love popping in there for my Guinness. Uh, I was there yesterday for a Guinness. So 
Yeah, I, I love the Irish. Just I, I'm a Connor supporter. One of those yeah, places where they I have support like support Ireland when when they're not playing us, obviously. <laughs> Riggs. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I think it was Cody Taylor's yellow card was a was a soft one. In the, I think it was the first yeah. ten minutes. I just wow, hold on. Like, I need a pause. All right. I know. Yeah, I think that um, Ireland New Zealand game. I think we're talking about Cody Taylor's soft yellow card. Uh, yeah. That kind of thing with the TMO, like we were mentioning earlier. That's. I mean, they really need to be. I mean, the rules. Yes, they clear cut, but I mean, it wasn't dangerous. No one was getting injured. When I saw that, I thought, "Cool, he's going to just get a penalty um, because they've now stopped the game." And then, next thing I know, he's got a yellow card and he's off for ten minutes, and yeah. Puts yeah. New Zealand on the back foot. Yeah, I mean, you're not yeah. wrong. Um, I, I, the thing is, dude, like, where do you where do they draw the line? Like, they're trying to make sure that the guys aren't getting as injured as they used to be. Um, so I think it's I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, but you that's want it to be hard that yellow card, that yellow card yeah. there was no injury danger at all zero but because yeah. the rules yeah. say his hand just sort of grazed his face but yes that's technically contact to the head which means yeah. yellow card but it, it in no way impacted the game and like i don't yeah, know like a penalty at logic match. should prevail yeah exactly that he, you know, laws are there to be used, uh, you know, from the educated brain, not from a monkey fucking brain. You know, you, it, there is some, no, there's some lateral That's fucking right. play in those, in those laws. You know, you need to, you've got the rules and you've got that play to how you're going to use it and when you're going to use discretion. it. Discretion. You need to and use I, discretion I in your. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, the people that fucking take it as, you know, uh, I like to refer to people as like book smart people and fucking life smart people. If you're a book smart person, you're going to fucking blow the, the whistle every 20 seconds in a rugby game because you're going to take the law and you're going to be yeah. like, oh, you fucking did this, you did this, you did this. You need to be life smart and, and let the game play. And I also feel you've been paid to fucking play rugby. You've been paid to play a physical contact sport. You're not there to fucking dance. It's not touch rugby. Let it fucking be rugby. That's what we want to watch. That's why you need to watch UFC for fighting. You want to watch rugby for fucking hard tackles. I want to hear the crowd go, ooh, when someone gets hit. I don't want to have to fucking yeah. worry if a, a guy, you know, if I'm playing, I don't want to have to worry, tackle you and bring you safely to the ground. I'm going to fucking bury you in the ground that's rugby. That's what we want to watch. So, yeah, the rules. Yeah, the fuck. The rules for me, they hamper in the fucking game. That, this is the thing. Sorry. I, I always That's my I rant, talk about I go fuck. You know when you talk about yeah. Riggs at school and they like to like an old school friend and you're like, yeah, I know Riggs is on the podcast or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, Riggs is like a big teddy bear. And I'm like, he's not really. He's actually quite a violent person. He just talks with a lisp and sounds dumb, but he's actually a really violent guy. Yeah, yeah. I've seen just him like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson also lives. Especially, especially, especially if somebody hurts Q and then gets fucking real, bro. <laughs> the bodies will hit the floor. 
Um, oh, yeah, fuck. so let's go to the Formula One. <laughs> right? We're going to be here all night. Okay, look, just leading us into that, it was a sad, sad outcome for anyone other than a Mercedes supporter. Yeah. There was some good racing, but, uh, man, that Mercedes car. Look, Hamilton had a good race, but that Mercedes car as well was just something else. Riggs, what did you think? Yeah, look, again, like you say, the Mercedes car, something else. But, you know, you got to take into account that that's a fucking new unit in the car. And the moment you've got exactly. the new unit, you know there's extra horses to play there. And, yeah. Look, Absolutely. I don't know. It's still, in my mind, I, I'm battling to calculate and accept what happened over the weekend. You know, yeah. there were a number of factors, safety car and that, that, that aided in this guy's, and, and I say this guy because I don't want to mention the fucking name. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in, in yeah. Hamilton's success. But uh, let's go back a few steps and just go like something so little as like uh, Verstappen's is now fine that he's got to pay. I'm really pissed 50, off. 50,000 euros. Yeah. I'm really fucking pissed off with that because Sebastian Vettel's always touching fucking cars and nothing has happened to him. And Verstappen is there. And I mean, Sebastian Vettel, we refer to him as the inspector. I mean, that's a everyone worldwide has called him the inspector because he touches people's cars. Verstappen touched so fucking lightly. And all of a sudden, oh, no, now he's got to get called in and all of this shit. And you know what? He touched the wing and there was a fucking fault. So he was alerting yeah. them to check the shit and make a look and see. And yeah, look, the, the test that they had. But it's, it's a crazy amount of money, Riggs. Uh, 50,000 euros is what? A million rand. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, look it's at it. Million it's rand, touching. It's, 20, it's, it's 250 million. Ridiculous. No, whoa, whoa. What? Jesus, how is no, your math work? It's 480,000 rand. <laughs> I would be retiring but, soon if that were the case. Yo, so, so where does the money go to? Who does the money get paid to? The, the Formula One. I mean, I think it's the FIA. FIA uh, takes it as a fine. Yeah. So. And then they do. Uh, Ernie fucking Eccleston. Then it just goes to some rich people. That looks dead, dude. Oh, did he die? Bernie yeah. Eccleston's is he dead. No, Bernie Eccleston. No, he is to me. He He's is not. <laughs> When he had this, no, he's gonna outlive all of us. No, dude, Beto had a fucking son like two years ago. With that Did he marry Spice I think he's dead. Now you think you have Eddie Murphy? No, dude, Mike. he's not dead. <laughs> Eddie Murphy? No, dude, the the the, the sporty Spice dude. The yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, 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 no. I'll, no, I'll, I'll take us. No, Rick, he's ninety-one. Is it? And he's still alive, but he doesn't own uh, F one anymore. Didn't he sell it? No, no, no. He never owned it. He just kind of ran it and told everyone what to do and how to do it and what not to do. Owned it. And but then people. it went to that That's like, carry. Dana and, um, White doesn't really own UFC, but he owns it. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He ran so, it. No, yeah, pretty much. Let, let, let me take us back. Sorry, it's 868,547 rand is his fine for touching That's another a man's lot of money. That's a shitload. And yeah, look. For him, it's maybe not that much. And, and as the team, they're like, yeah. pocket change. But it's still a bit of a stab at, you know, for stopping. Because 
like I say, Seb's done it and Hamilton has surely fucking done it. But the moment, yeah. you know, Verstappen does it and I, I do lead towards Verstappen is not treated the same as what Hamilton gets treated. Hamilton, people are... Because he's not a sir. Yeah, you, you powder coat everything that goes to Hamilton and, and then Verstappen must just uh, take the fucking beatings. But let's give props, right? Hamilton was disqualified from qualies. He, he took it up to 10th in the sprint um, so that he would start at 10th yeah. for, for the race. He drove a good yeah. race. He had a way overpowered car. I mean, Christian Horner said there is no way they could keep up. And he was so happy with the result that Verstappen could actually hold Hamilton off for that long. But Hamilton, yeah, at the end of the day, good race. You drove fucking well in the sprint. You drove fucking well in the race day. Uh, and a good win, well-deserved. You still fucking suck. And fuck you. Yeah, and Kimi, yeah, let, no, let's look, bring up Kimi. Kimi taking 12. Um, yeah, look, the week before he was in the points and, and now just uh, two two positions shy. So, yeah, that just shows that there's a lot of reliability in the in the starting uh, grid because uh, if we had a few DNFs, uh, Kimi would be back up in the points. Uh, so, yeah, I had to laugh. Uh, Kimi and Mick uh, Schumacher were being interviewed together. And the interviewer was like asking uh, Mick, he's like, so have you enjoyed uh, racing with Kimi and that? And, and, and he says, yeah, look, he hasn't been up there to challenge uh, Kimi a lot. Um, but uh, he, he wishes he could. And then Kimi's like, well, I can slow down for you. <laughs> Brilliant. I like, and Brilliant. I, I wouldn't even put it past Kimi to fucking do that, to like – Slow down, go back a few fucking <laughs> positions just to like give this guy a good run for his money. And yeah, look, th that sportsmanship and, and obviously the character and quality of the comedic uh, positions in F1. <laughs> but yeah, look, Jack, what were your thoughts on, on the race and more specifically on the, on the DRS wing failure? What is your thoughts there? You think the fine was enough? Do you think it was? Pay attention, dude. This is the most important: the DRS wing failure. Just, just make sure that Listen, you keep. Dude, keep I am drag on the edge of my seat, dude. <laughs> I am right on the edge of my so, seat. This is so one thing I, I, I do want to like also explain: like how they tested the wing. Is you you know we've got the eighty five mil uh, gap clearance oh, on DRS, dude. No one wants but to they, hear this. They tested with uh, <laughs> a block. Yeah, they test it with a like a lollipop, so it's like a looks like a big sucker. That's eighty-five mil circumference, and, and that's got to go through the wing a certain number of times like this, and it's got to take uh, about 10, 10 newton meters of force. So ten newton meters is, is extremely little, actually, yeah. in my this opinion. This is what people don't when like you're Formula considering one. fucking wind forces. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Like but guys are talking about meters in lollipops. What kind of sport is this, dude? Jake, this is this like a, a great one. This, it's the sport this for the is where it gets technical. Okay. okay. Jokes aside, dude. Listen, dude. I'm a Hamilton fan, dude. I like what he's doing. I like he's the best. Like, let's. If people are sour Can't about Hamilton. Can't we just mute him? I am. Why would you? Just Mike? Why would you? What's the point of Why this? Why would you do that, dude? I'm uncapped. I'm on uncapped internet and you're wasting my data, dude. <laughs> I, dude I just like what Hamilton's doing, dude. I like his style, dude. I like that. Yeah, pissing he's, he's, he's pissing People us off. He's pissing us off and, and you're happy. 
Dude, he's a superstar, uh, dude, on and off the track. And people can't handle uh, that, dude. So they come at him with all these things saying that Max Verstappen, this dude, Max Verstappen, is, he's, what is he? He's, he's, what is he? Belgian. He's Belgium. He's from Belgium. Nothing ever it, good it came out of Belgium, dude. The only thing they created was chocolate. Hey, Jack came out of Belgium. That came out of Belgium. That's classy right there. That just shows Mark is just an agent of chaos now. Yeah, stirring shit. And just so, by the way, Belgium, the Belgian people are actually the the true inventors of the French fry. I'll have you know. So if you ever eat fucking chips at McDonald's, you are Belgian. You're welcome. Don't, don't, Mike. Let's be careful with these two. Don't make fun of, you can make fun of Formula One, but when you make fun of chocolate and chips, dude, just be very careful. Both, of those, two, both these two men are severely overweight. <laughs> all right, noted. Dude, My apologies. My apologies all around. <laughs> but yes, jokes aside, though, uh, I know you guys are big F1 fans. Now, do you think Max Verstappen has a chance in winning this uh, For sure. Yes. season? Yeah. I, Absolutely, he's gonna take it. He's gonna take it. I'm wondering if they're gonna take a penalty and, and pop in a new unit for him. You know, one race from now. I think they won't do it at Qatar, but I'm actually wondering if they're gonna they're gonna take that gamble and pop in the new unit. That's what uh, Hamilton did now, and you could see it paid off. A- a- and that's what happened. Yeah, because the moment that. Red Bull put in their new engine or their last engine for the season. You know, you, you saw a bit of a power power range uh, uh, come up again. Uh, so, I reckon not Qatar, but the race thereafter. I think we're going to see Does, a strategic play happen I, there. Would you know happen? what? There's also. Sorry, go ahead. Jack. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, no, go ahead. Just an interesting thing about the Honda engines: they are more reliable than the Mercedes. Uh, it's maybe only very recently, but it's because they spin at a lower RPM, uh, so they can push a little bit harder than the Mercedes can. Yeah. Jake, you really Just use an that word "interesting." Fact. You really use that word "interesting" in the wrong context. Um, just be, just <laughs> next time before we are on the podcast, just learn what that word means, please, because <laughs> you're using it wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, you were saying. Uh, now I'm saying, does Verstappen, he doesn't even have to push that hard, does he? I mean, he could actually just, yes, try and win. But if he just keeps competitive second, hitting a couple second places, if Hamilton slips no, up, lose, he could easily go through without pushing too hard and then saving, I don't know, penalties and that for like a grand finale. Uh, there's you know, only four races left. I think it's yeah. too, it's too it's too close cut and, and it, okay. it's made for such an exciting year, you know, to see like yeah, it being so fucking close because still now, and I know this is going to be another one where we run into the final race to see who takes it. But yeah. if history shows us anything, it's that when there's a final race to be had, somehow Mercedes, I don't know, <laughs> again, I don't want to make accusations. but Not saying anything. Something always goes wrong for, for their competitor in that last race. And it's very often yeah. crashes and, and breakdowns that are, are, are the cause. And let's just say... Very poorly timed. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm a bit worry, worried about that. But look, 
Obviously, Actually, Riggs, the, sorry, that's very similar to uh, Nico Rosberg's qualifying in 2016 in Monaco. I don't know if you remember that one. No, dude. Where he, the guy just got, he had lock up, dude. He could do nothing. He locked up and he went straight. Nothing could be done. <laughs> what can you do? Hey, what you the championship? We, got the formula, we got the two yeah, Formula 1 guys giggling like schoolgirls at their lockups. And <laughs> yeah, this is the first and, uh, time I've, I haven't wanted to MIA, be involved dude. in an inside joke. But it seems to no, me look, that this F1 is like a, is a, it's a two-horse race, dude, essentially. Uh, maybe maybe well, this is the thing I wanted to ask. Very, this is what I want to Now, ask. yes. What's the difference if... But that's at the end of the season. No. What's the difference if Verstappen and uh, what's his name race and nobody else competes? There's Hamilton, no difference the greatest, in the sport. The greatest champion ever, dude, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> no, look, the greatest, if the greatest, you look yeah. like the, the likes of uh, Valtteri, he's coming up and, and he's really doing well. And he's got, I think he's becoming a technical driver. Uh, and I think, yeah, look, if he has to get into another team, the problem is Valtteri is not a number two driver. And Mercedes is forcing him to be a number two driver, and he's not supposed to be. And I don't think he should. Yeah, but be. he's not fast enough for one either. I think he is. I honestly think he is. Yeah. I, I, I rate him, man. You I, think in a different car? I, in an equally matched car as a number one driver. Remember, your strategy no, is completely different when you are a number two driver. They're not putting him on the Listen, same strategy at, as Hamilton. Uh, he hasn't got the oh same gosh. settings. Uh, they're not giving him as much attention as what they do for Hamilton. And the moment you are a number two driver, there is, you, you are used as a, as a team player and, and you're used as a, as a blocker. And yeah, so I, 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 rate, I, I rate Valtteri. I, I would like to see him. And I think if he can stay in F1 long enough, uh, 2026 when Porsche comes in, uh, I think that would, be, that would be a good team to, to start with. Mike, Are you yeah. putting our legs? Rick? Stop fucking breathing into the mic. No. No, Porsche is. Uh, okay, I was just saying, like, what? No, Porsche is. Uh, they've been in discussions for the last year and a half already to. No, no, I mean, I'm talking about Bottas, dude. No, I, I rate him. I rate him. I really do. You can't. I mean, what the fuck? He's another Finnish guy. I've got to, I've got to go from Kimi to someone. And Bottas is still in, so I, I, I stick with Finland. Sorry, <laughs> Kimi. Yeah. No, but anyways, look, no, look. I yeah. I hope it goes down to the wire for excitement purposes, but like my nerves, I don't know. I just want it to not be Mercedes year again, Jack. Like just, I really would have. Just a quick one. Just um, just write excitement down again. Google that one as well, because again. Wrong context, dude. You're using it in the wrong... It's such a negative Nelly. You know that. No, I'm just <laughs> saying, Jack. I mean, you're a negative Nelly. I'm just trying to help you, dude. You're using these words wrong. People are going to say something. Listen, I'm looking at the rankings here, and Sebastian Vettel has zero points. <laughs> yeah, but look, the Aston Martins are, are not uh, the flavor of this year. <laughs> no, he's busy helping them develop. The top three guys have points. The rest of people, they don't have... There's nothing. Yeah, that's no, what look, makes it a uh, riveting sport, Mike. You idiot! It, it's it's between Hamilton and Verstappen. There, there's no one now that is going to catch up for sure. But, but 
It's the it's, same with so many other leagues. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the season, like this there is league. normally one or two going to the end. Of course, yeah, it's but, not unheard of in sports. But there's also yeah, other guys we, with some kind of points, not zero. Oh, dude, no, man. No. <laughs> Dismissed. <laughs> Next. Yeah, look, Jack, what were your Next. feelings about the wing? That That's actually what I wanted to get to you. Oh, like, gosh. What, with Hamilton, were you... Do you agree with the disqualification? Do you think it was too lean? Do you think it was... I think they should have taken him out of the whole fucking weekend. I agree. The bastard. I agree. Scum. Probably the next no, four no, races. I, must, I struggle to be... Like, <laughs> eh? Probably the next four races. What? Like, <laughs> even better. Look, I struggle to be objective with him, dude. I, I really do. Because it's just... He's just so... He grates my shit so hard. Like everything he says and how it just it's annoying. It's because everything he's a two champion annoying. and you are not used to supporting champions, so you don't know what a champion says and does. You don't understand him. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, he's the best Formula One driver ever. It's undisputable. <laughs> You're a fucking troll, dude. Yeah. You're a troll. A keyboard warrior. <laughs> yeah, Michael Schumacher <laughs> who? <laughs> Did you hear Toto <laughs> Wolf like at the end of the sprint to Hamilton? On the team radio, he's like, "Well done, Lewis. Well, fuck them all." I was like, Woo. In a German accent, mm. when someone says "fuck," yeah, it's also I'm... quite scary, eh? Yeah, but it's you a, know what? It, Toto, it, it, the last you. few races, I've also started getting annoyed with him, dude. Like, he's also getting a bit. It looks like a any form of competition is kind of getting to this guy, eh? Yeah, he's playing, and, and yeah. He used to be all for like equality and and now he's very political yeah. and he's making yeah I I fully agree definitely towards uh, yeah the latter stage of this season he's become more more and more tense and, and more and more argumentative and that was the thing like they queried him yeah. on it I mean I, I watched the interview after that uh, comment and then he's like no no it wasn't aimed at anyone he's just saying we always say like fuck them all. Bullshit. You were aiming that at the FIA. Yeah. You were aiming it at fucking Red Bull. You had yeah. you had your targets in your head and, and you could see it. The Oak was like getting lit up, you know, like he was getting fully excited. Dude, even when uh, the camera went to him as Hamilton crossed the line. Yes. Did you see he's that? swearing these cameras yeah. massively. That's because they deserve that. it, dude. If they had a, they a fucking it. zoom lens on there, that screen would have been cracked. Like, I I remember the days when Red Bull was just a drink that you couldn't afford at the shop, dude, as a child. <laughs> like, that you just wanted. Now they're racing cars and flying airplanes and then No, dude. Stick to the it's cars. It's a true Ferrari. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. No, but Riggs, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next race. Yeah, Qatar. Uh, hopefully for the, the pull um, back, tail dude. fins will uh, fit through enough. If, what eight newton meters of torque? Eighty-five mil gap. Or Eighty-five holding a ten newton meter force. Yeah, that's how you can tell that exactly. they're autistic. They don't get a joke because they're like, oh, "It's actually eighty-five centimeters." You idiot! Mama Theft. Millimeters. Ass. <laughs> oh shit. No, look, uh, I, I think know, but, uh, good good race from Hamilton. Well done to him. Uh, well done to the team. Yeah. At the end of the day, you had a fucking new engine, so uh, the results. It's, yeah, yeah, the fastest. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a. It, it's not really a win. 
Slack yeah, I'm so glad that I was stuck on the side of the road. Do you know what I was doing during the Formula One? I was stuck on the side of the road in Hartis in Brudestrom, dude. With no seat. Oh, were you driving a Mercedes? <laughs> was actually a BMW. Low profiles. Didn't, didn't Bring work. my wallet. Potholes. Oh, fuck. So, um, yeah, they find not... them. They find them. <laughs> the wheels always find the pothole. <laughs> Especially BMW wheels. Yeah, and low profile. The moment you, you say low profile. Like, Benz, on the other hand, we yes, would have got home safely and won because <laughs> that is the true champion team. But, but, but okay, if you follow unless suit, you need a new else... power unit. <laughs> I've never seen a, the only Red Bull car I've ever seen driving around is a Mini with a giant can on the back, dude. <laughs> and I always want to know: is there cans in that can? That is my yes. question. I always used to see them. Is there cans in that can? There's normally yes. cans in the driving seats, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, <-o. laughs> hey, tatas. <laughs> uh, sure. Normally okay. four cans. But genital men, <laughs> unless there's something else. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You don't want to cover the chest? Catch you guys with episode... We're not covering the what? chest? No. Ah, okay. Catch everyone, episode 18. Let's go. See you guys then. Cheers. Hey, tune. Goodbye. Okay, Bevan, you can stop recording now, dude.